Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. and Greg Flamont. Welcome back to another edition of Single High Notre Dame Football Podcast from UHND.com. I am Frank Fatovich, one of your hosts uh, for the next hour or so. Joined as always by my co-host, President of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club, Mr. Greg Flamont. Greg, it's been a little bit since we chatted. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. good. Uh, yeah, that's I'm good. Doing all right, I'm doing all right. You know, Me too. not too bad. Not too bad. I can't complain, and I'm not gonna complain. So it's all. I'm all set. Um, deep into the uh, into the uh, OC watch. That's know, true. That whole it thing. did happen. It's, it's it's a whole uh, it's a whole thing. It's uh, Notre, like Notre Dame's Anchorman. buttoned up, man. Buttoned up. The Anchorman, like Panda Watch, Day Four. Panda Watch. Here from. I'd tell you what, man, I'm great too. Cause this is a big one. I will I will tell you what. You know what makes uh Notre Dame's OC search and all this drama that has happened just so much more uh, you know, so 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 much more palatable to me. I think you know what makes it palatable to me. And me just being like, okay, we'll figure this out. It's the uh, fact that the Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I I okay. Of Eagles Super Bowl references for this podcast, five and a half. Uh, bet the over if you're a betting man, but uh, trust the over. No, man, it does. It's just like a lot of sports things. Although I felt a little bit normal tonight again, uh, which was good in in, in a good way because you know for the last like week or so, you know Sixers could lose and I'd be like, I don't give a shit, whatever. Yeah, Eagles are in the Super Bowl tonight. Sixers lost a game that I was just like I was infuriated by it, and I was like, you know what? It's good to feel normal again. I need to get mad about random Wednesday night NBA games because uh, that's what normal people do. That's what normal people do. But um, you know what? Before we get too far in, ooh, that is the beer. I have a special on-brand beer for tonight. It is called Mike and Merrill Philly Special Hazy IPA. There you go, Philly oh, Special. Mike and Merrill. It is a great name, Mike. Uh, Mike, that is Mike Quick, uh, NFL great uh, wide receiver, and Merrill Reese, Eagles play-by-play announcer. So it's a local Philly brewery that uh, released this. It's delightful. Um, tastes like winning. So that's where we're at. That's where. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> oh man, you think this is bad? I have been insufferable to my coworkers. I'm just gonna get abused on Tuesday when I uh, or Monday, you know, um, you know, with uh, you know, with with with, uh, with my coworkers if the Eagles don't pull this off. So, um, there's there's many reasons I need the Eagles. Let me ask this. you. Let me ask you. What if in the first series, uh, Mahomes hurts his ankle and he's out? Yeah. And then in like the second series, something happens to Henny and he's out. Yeah. And it's like kind of a joke Super Bowl. That doesn't matter. It's a Super Bowl. Doesn't matter? Okay. No. Wait, hey, reverse it to you. Let's say let's go go back 10 years and we're in the we're in the BCS championship game and Bama suffers to. I mean, I don't know if that would have made a difference if Bama Bama could have put Eddie Lacy at quarterback and run the Wildcat that night and maybe still beats Notre Dame. But uh, I wouldn't you know what? It's the same as like the NFC championship game. It's like. You know, the Eagles were up 21 to 7 when the Niners backup quarterback went out and then they started to cry. So, if, if, if no matter how, I don't care what happens, if as long as the Philadelphia Eagles have one more point than the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, I'm going to be a very happy man. Yeah, I'm I'm only asking cuz it it just happened. That's true. Like I like so that's why I don't really. Care. I got you. You could. You don't. You can feel however you want. It's fine. I got you. But you wouldn't if it was Notre Dame. Would you feel less? Would you be like if Notre Dame's national championship drought ends, but it ends in a game where whoever they played loses a, a player or two? I mean, okay. Well, just like if Notre Dame made the play, like let's say Notre Dame made the playoffs. I mean, it's kind of different because like. Philadelphia was at home too. Like, there's a neutral site aspect to it. Like, cause and, and also like Philly was not the underdog, right? No, I think it was about like, four they were and probably half point like favorite. four and a half point favorite. So you're you're kind of already the favorites. Like Notre Dame's never in that position. Um, it would be. It, I mean, I guess it would be a little bit weird. Like, let's say just just use 2020 as an example, right? Like, yeah. Uh, you, you know, Mac Jones gets hurt in the first series. Then the backup comes in. He gets hurt later. But it's like not even Mac Jones because Brock Purdy was already the third team quarterback. That's true. You know, it's That's it's fair. such a it's such a weird situation. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I just hope Mahomes is healthy, right? So you don't have to you don't have to go through these mental gymnastics, right? Like you want yeah. to play the game. Well, not gonna lie, there will be no mental gymnastics, none, <laughs> none whatsoever. None. I'm gonna be limbered up. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be like, I mean, I've never done yoga, but I'm going to be as limber as somebody who just does yoga, no matter how that game ends, as long as the Eagles have one more point than the Chiefs on, uh, you know, on the uh, on the scoreboard. I don't care. Wins a, a championship is a championship, uh, you know, so we'll see. We will see. There's there, there's a lot in the world of Notre Dame football that has happened. Um, actually, there's not a lot. There's just one really big thing that happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Notre Dame can't have quiet off seasons. It's just not what we do. It's just doesn't. Uh, it's too boring. We don't like it. Uh, so we got it. We, something something has to happen. You know. And the big news was Tommy Reese leaving for Alabama. You and I haven't spoke. Uh, you know, on the pod here since it. You know, since it happened. So, you know, I mean, there's been a lot to unpack. A lot has already been said because uh, this has been what now? It was, it's, it's almost a week at this point, right? It was like last Thursday. Uh, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I guess, guess it was. 
Yeah, it was a, it, it, it's own, by the time this goes live, it'll be a week, uh, you know, since it's, uh, you yeah. know, since it's happened. But, um, you know, and, and honestly, I've been actually super busy at work, so I haven't even really written about it because uh, I just haven't had I haven't had a whole lot of time, uh, you know, to do it. But, uh, you know, I guess you know, just starting off like it's been funny watching the reaction of fans, uh, you know, to this. There's the the Tommy always, always sucked. Uh, you know, crowd who's a good, he's gone, you know. Then there's the crowd that is like, ah, they like Tommy, but it's a traitor. <laughs> How could he do this to Notre Dame? And, you know, then there's the crowd that has just been like, well, you know what, it's Alabama. He's going to go, uh, you know, he's going to go, uh, you know, you know, play, you know, you know, coach under the goat. And it's like, okay, how could you blame? And I get, I get all three. And again, maybe it's, it, it's because I was on a high last week sports wise, but I look at it maybe even almost a, a, a little bit different of those three. Th- those seem to be like the three kind of general prevailing, um, you know, responses, yeah. at least on Twitter. Yeah. And I look at it like, I just, I don't want to say I don't care. Um, cause it do. Cause I, I did want to see Tommy Reese. You know, with Sam Hartman and all the weapons, it, it it just seemed like okay, this was finally the year that we were gonna that Tommy was gonna be able to run the kind of offense we think that he he's wanted to run, but couldn't because of you know the personnel that he's had. But the way I've been looking at it and thinking about it is like, look, we had him for one more year probably max. So it's like whether it was now, whether it was next year, and I just it, to me it didn't. I don't really care that he left for Bama. I to me it's almost odd like and. That's maybe the part that you know, I want to get your take on it. Cause it's like you, I mean, maybe he goes to Alabama thinking like one year and he could be gone and, you know, he can go off to the NFL or whatever it is that he wants to do next. But it's like, it, it seemed like an odd move to me just from that perspective. Cause it's like, if he stayed at Notre Dame and now that he finally had a quarterback, it, he almost could have written his ticket next year, like where he wanted to go. And it seems like he's like, well, I'm going to go to Alabama. It, it just feels as though it was like, well, I'm going to go to Alabama because if I do well there, I, then I could write my ticket. And it's like, yeah. you're already at Notre Dame. If you have the kind of year that we're thinking Notre Dame's offense could have next year, you know, you'd write your ticket to NFL offensive coordinator, college coach somewhere like 12 months from now. So it's it, it was odd to me from that perspective. And I know there's been some Twitter and message board rumblings that maybe there was some things going on, you know, maybe some, you know, maybe not animosity between him and Freeman, but maybe there was some friction. And I wonder if that just looking at it again a week later now, it just it just seems odd. I the whole like trader thing and whatever. I don't care. I don't you know, he's going to he, he is he's going to coach under Nick Saban. I can't I can't fault him yeah. for that. It just seemed weird to me now what's your take it's kind of like um i mean there's just there's an unfulfilled aspect to this Mm. that i think is kind of pervasive in that like like okay if notre dame had gone let's say i don't know 12 and 0 11 and 1 or something and the offense is really good and it was like uh you know you you had gotten everything you felt like you could have out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like top ten offense and all that stuff. I think everyone would be like, you know what? He like he's gonna go, and like he you know it's like he should go. He deserves it, right? Like mm-hmm. he he did the thing. 
he's he wants to go to the NFL or he wants to move up, and we we all understand that. And so, like, it's expected then because you feel like you feel like it 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 makes sense. It's kind of like when a player leaves early and you're like, what? You left early? Why? Like like Kevin Darius Austin. Walker. Well, not Darius Walker. That's a little different because like yeah. he was. His situation, like it made complete sense, but it's like, uh, it's like, um, like, uh, like Jimmy Clausen or Golden Tate. It's like, you know, I'm pro. Why? Well, you thought they made more sense than Darius Walker leaving early. Yeah, because the the 06 team was like completely gutted. Like everyone knew like, 07 stinks. Like they're not I mean, going to be good. He didn't get drafted. Jimmy and, and Golden were second round picks. But that, but but like my my point though is like there was clear like upside and that's the thing with Reese sure. too like if Darius Walker comes back like what is what difference does that make to 07? nothing true like nothing they're terrible regardless whereas 2010 if Tate and Clawson come back I mean Ooh. I mean you're, we're not Notre Dame's not losing to like dumb Michigan. And like yeah. all those dumb games that they lost, they're not doing that. Like their offense is going to be spectacular if he comes, if he, that's if they cool. stay, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's what it is with Reese. It's like, well, wait a minute, man. Like you finally got Sam Hartman and yeah. the running backs and the offensive line, and now the receivers they're looking pretty good. And you got the freshman coming in, and you got Caleb Smith, and you finally have everything you want, and you're leaving. Right. To go to Alabama? Was... Like, like what? And it's like, look, I get it, right? Like Alabama, right? Sure. It's kind of like with Clawson and Tate. Like, all right, go pro. Like, all right, you want to go make money. Like, I can't hate on it, but it's like Jimmy Clawson. You were the five-star guy. You were supposed to be the best thing since John Elway. And mm. it's like you went six and seven, and now you're leaving? Yeah. All right. It's like – Golden Tate, like yeah, you did numbers, but for what? You know, you could like you could have had like a good team. So it's not like you you could say like those guys want to go pro, right? Okay, like that's okay, I get it, right? You want to go pro, like that's the goal. And with with Tommy Reese, like same thing, like all right, you want to go pro, like hey, if if Alabama wants you, then you know, sure, right? Like I get it. It's a good job, obviously, yeah. right? Oh, like that goes without saying, right? There's 100%. no one need, no one needs to go into how you know Alabama being a good job and everything, but there was a you know, like there was so much like to me early on, there was so much, oh, he's gotta take it. Like he's gotta take this. And I just thought, well, I mean, he doesn't have to. He, right. He could just stay. Like it is Notre Dame. It's not like uh it's not like Notre Dame's, you know, San Diego State. Right. It is. <laughs> it's 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 you can he can go be an NFL coordinator if he I'll put it like this. If he if he engineered a top 10 offense next year, he could he could be an NFL coordinator. He could. Right now, yeah. granted, maybe it's easier at Alabama. Right. But at the same time, like it is your alma mater. You know, it is right. A lot of people like Jim Leonard, he could be he could be Alabama's. He could have been. He could have left so many times, but he stayed at Wisconsin. Stayed at Wisconsin. Stayed at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right. Brian Hartline. He could have gone and he could have gone and been an OC somewhere prior to this year. Right. He could have, but he stayed at Ohio State. Hung in there with Ohio State. Hung in there with Ohio State. Right. Like that sort of thing. 
and they haven't done it, right? And so Tommy could have stayed. He could have, but he didn't. And so, but that's where I think the the kind of the feelings come from. It's that unfulfilled, yeah. like, oh man, like this was the year and now you're leaving. All right. Yeah. You know, for people who, like, I, I, I thought he was a good coordinator. I did. And I expected to have a really good offense next year. I did. Yeah. And I still expect it, but I just, I wanted it to be Tommy. I wanted him to be the one to do it. Yeah. And he isn't. So. Yeah. And I guess it, it makes it weird to me. And, and I mean, I, then when you look back and even like just over the last 12 months, it's it's been a weird year with Reese specifically because it's like, you know, we saw the videos, you know, that they posted when he when he decided to stay uh you know after you know after brian kelly tried to get him to you know to go to lsu and it was like no this is home blah 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 blah. you know that's december and then what was it like late late january there were those rumors you know like oh he's interviewing for miami the miami oc position it's like wait what like a month ago he wasn't following brian kelly to lsu and now a month later he's interviewing at miami you know after he got the big raise at notre dame like like what's going on? Um, and and then it's like, well, now too, it's like, okay, like again, Bama, you know, you you, you know, some Notre Dame fans are gonna be like, it's it's totally one hundred percent lateral, and it's like, eh, it's not quite, you know. Let's be honest, where we're at, and let, let's be honest with ourselves, where Notre Dame is at today relative to Alabama. Okay, Bama is right now the gold standard. Right, there's no no debating that. Like, I don't think anybody can. I mean, if you're no, if you're like you know, a Notre Dame fan who grew up in the 50s and still thinks of that as Notre Dame, maybe you could try to argue it. But, like, to anybody else, you can't. So it's like, okay, it's a slight step up. But, again, it's like he was getting interest at Notre Dame, even with offenses that were at times, like, not the most, like, overpowering. Like, I think he— well, Last he year, got, they, were, they were, like, 40th in FEI. Yeah, like, like he, he, like he got a lot 40. of credit for doing— you know, more with less, but it's like, he also was responsible in large part for there being less because he recruited. So it, it's just, I don't know. It, it it was weird. And the reason that I looked at it and go, was like, you know, at first I was like, well, this, I get the you know, initial reaction was like, well, this sucks. Can't, whatever. And then it's like, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? We had one more year of him probably like the way this was trending, like he was going to be gone next year for somewhere. So it's like, okay, fine. You're going to leave, leave now. Um, you know, and if you're gonna, and again, it, it's almost looking at it like if if you're gonna leave, like you said, with all the things that are lined up for Notre Dame next year and Notre Dame's offense, it's like, you know what, man, fine. You know what, good luck. Go to Alabama. You know, have fun. I, you know, I now look at him a little bit like Brian Kelly, where it's like you kind of took the easy road because you just went somewhere where you're gonna have a bunch of five stars, you know, up and down your roster. You finally had a roster. You know that was kind of, that was built in a way that you were going to be able to, uh, you know, to do do some interesting things that you weren't be able to do in the past. So that's the route you want to go. Fine. You know what? Notre, like the position should be interesting to a lot of names, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about you know some of them. Timing isn't the best for Notre Dame because the coaching carousel, you know, is at a halt right now. And I mean, you could look at that somewhat as a positive for Notre Dame too, though, because it's like. Notre Dame doesn't have to rush into anything because there's not a lot of other there's not a lot of competition right now. 
Whereas if this was happening in like, you know, December when, you know, the coaching, you know, upheaval happens every year, you know, you maybe would feel a little more pressure. Um, but at the same time, it's like a lot of guys who were going to move probably moved. So maybe somebody who would have potentially been open to talking to Notre Dame in December or, you know, even early January, uh, you know, might not now, but it should be a pretty freaking attractive position, right? You look at it and it's like, any offensive coordinator is like, I'm walking, I'm getting Sam Hartman. I'm getting two, you know, first round, future first round draft picks at the tackle position. I'm getting a running back room that is freaking stacked, getting a receiver room that's, you know, getting infused with talent. Like, okay, you know, that is something, you know, I got a, you know, top 30 overall recruit committed, you know, for the class of 24 already. Like, all right. And I just signed, you know, just signed a, uh, you know, a pretty damn good, you know, quarterback and Kenny Minchie. It's like, this is a much more attractive, let's say Reese left last year to Miami when, it, cause it was, it wasn't this late. I think it was like late January. I forget. I remember, I remember weird things and I vaguely, and I remember specifically it was a Friday night and I remember messaging with you, like what the F is going on? <laughs> like, yeah. and you were like, this might actually be real. What the hell? I was like, I, what? This, how is this happening? But I think it was like late January. I should have looked it up, right? It was it was around then. I don't think it was this late. You look at the, what the position would have looked like last year if, if if Freeman, no head coaching experience at that point, right? Like rookie head coach had to hire an OC. Whew. And you look at what what that like what 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 the roster looked like at this time last year from an offensive perspective, like. It would have not been good this year. It, it you know it's a it's a 180 as to what um you know what 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 you know whoever Notre Dame gets as an offensive coordinator um, is going to inherit. So with that said, um, actually yeah, before we kind of get into before we get into you know who who it might be or you know who you know who maybe we're hoping you, the one thing about Reese that I will say because you said like. You thought Reese was a good offensive coordinator. And I, I would say I do in general. I got so frustrated with him, though, at times. Because, and actually, you are one of the reasons why I got frustrated with him. Because you were really good at picking out plays that was like, this should have worked. Right? But it's like, Reese was really good at calling plays. But I don't think he was ever really good at calling plays for his personnel. And it was like, there were always these instances where it's like, well, this play should have worked. It's like, well, yeah, it should have worked, but Drew Pine was your quarterback in this play. Or it should have worked, but, you know, this player was the your target. And it's like, he was never, he, I, I think, and I think the next step for him as an offensive coordinator is like doing that. Like from a pure play calling perspective, I think he was really, really good. I just think at least at Notre Dame, he was never able to, disconnect or maybe connect i should say connect like this is my personnel this is the scenario this is what they are capable of executing versus what i can cook up that'll work and that was what always frustrated me about about reese because you would see the play calls you would see him like set things up and you're like oh great things but then it's like, then he'd call something and it's like, 
you know, whether it was like, dude, you don't have a line that could, you know, protect long enough for this play that you just called, or whether it's you don't have a quarterback that can make that throw. And that was what always frustrated me about Reese. And I think you even I'm going to go back to the bowl game where that interception with Buckner. And I remember I've seen your your breakdown of it a couple times, even in the last in the last week. And I think it's just like a prime example where it was like, dude, you're bludgeoning this team. They're really tired. They have like no personnel left on defense. And then you're going to trust a kid making his third start or whatever. Right. Third start. In that uh, scenario. Yeah. And it's like that was the kind of stuff that would just like infuriate me with him where it was like there was no reason for it. Like um, and I mean. I look at that, too, and I go like. Whoa. Nick Saban's not the kind of coach that you know, has a lot of patience. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, maybe it won't be, maybe it won't matter for him at Bama because, again, he's going to have, like, five stars everywhere he goes. Um, So he might not have to worry about it as much. But that was the one thing that just, like, always drove me absolutely nuts. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I I, I think I put it a little bit different, but I think we're kind of arriving at the same place where I feel like, and I said this on Hit and Hustle, like the day, uh, the same day, I guess, because we did our, yeah, it was the same day we did, uh, we did a reaction, you know, to mm-hmm. him leaving. And I said, it never seemed like he could get the quarterbacks to see the game the way he saw the game. That's a good way to put it. And, and I just, I, I that was like the, always kind of the disconnect. Um. And you made a comment at the end there. I, I think, I think with Alabama, you know, he's never had the type of um, players at Notre Dame, kind of across the board, where it was like, like I could see him, like I could see putting some like dudes into the spots that Notre Dame has, and it's like that offense, I could see it cooking. Yeah, you know. Um, but I guess the question, I mean, especially in the running game too, which is like, that has nothing to do with how the quarterback sees things like Notre Dame, you know, Kyron Williams, right? Like, wasn't the most dynamic player you've ever seen in terms of just like breakaway speed and athleticism and all that stuff. But he was, he was really good at breaking tackles and he was really good at kind of creating things out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I don't think that that was a strength for digs or estimate this year. Right. Like those guys, they got good blocking and they got, they got the yards right but yeah as far as creating and in terms of like getting into the second level and then creating a big play from there like that just wasn't really a part of the Notre Dame offense this year which isn't really a Tommy Reese problem um and I could see that like I could see the running game in Alabama like really kind of exploding I mean depending who their running backs are and that sort of thing um but you know kind of to your point like and it's funny too how he he called plays the same way that he played the position and he like he always had that mindset like for example you know we talked like the pick right the pick at the end it's not that it's a bad play call per se i just had this conversation with someone on twitter recently yeah. where it's like it's not like it's a bad play call like i i see what he's trying to do and i see it, why he thinks it's going to work and i think how i i see why it could have worked if buckner had noticed that the free safety is just kind of sitting there but he didn't and and reset at the end like it was a hero a zero call 
And my thing was, well, you don't need a hero call in that situation. Thank you. Because you have you're in control of the game. You don't need a hero play. You just need to you need to lean on them. Yeah. Right. You're like bludgeoning the other like, team. That's the situation calls for. But it's like he saw something. He's like, man, I'm telling you, I know I, this play is gonna work. I know it. This play is gonna work. And and you know sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, like it's a hundred yards the other way. You know that's oh. really bad. So yeah. I, he. But, you know, that's one of those things where it's it, – and that's another way where it's like, like I'm calling this play for this specific reason and I want you to do this thing. But he can't say that to his quarterback, right? Like right. Because he's, he's up in the booth, right? So he yep. can't just go tell him like, hey, I'm calling this play because I want you to do this, right? Yep. Like he sees it and it's like I'm calling this play and this is what I want you to do. And this is how I want you to do it. But he's 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 hoping that that gets translated to the quarterback in some way. And I think too often it didn't. And that is ultimately his responsibility in terms of like you have to that that's that's what development is, right? Like getting them to see it the way you want them to see it. Yeah. And I don't think he ever got there with book. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I do think he he kind of did with Jack Cone. To be honest with you, at the like at the end of 2021, well, unfortunately, it. it took like six weeks. That's the yeah. problem. Um, so that was the problem with that team. And then obviously Buckner was nowhere near it. It's yeah. not even close. And yeah. Pine, even if he could see it, he couldn't execute it the way yeah. that he wanted. So yeah. that I, I mean, to me, it's like so. Could that get unlocked at Alabama? Like, sure, get better players and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's like a, just like a, a prime example, like you know you, that play in in the Gator Bowl where you're like, yeah, you see, I it's I, agreement in that like I see the logic behind it, right? You're running, you're running, you're running. Hey, this play should work, right? And yeah. let's say you had Sam Hartman in that position, right? Sam Hartman probably as you know a fifth year senior this past year probably doesn't throw it because he sees the safety, but it's like you're asking a guy. Who's again third career start hasn't played in two months or whatever, at least two months, whatever it was, to be able to do all that. It's like no man, like your job in that case should have been make it as simple as possible, you know, for him in that scenario. Instead, it was like, well, we're just gonna have him do this, and then you know the results were with with what what happened. So, and it's it's not it's not that different from you know. Brian Kelly, Tulsa game, uh, you know, throwing it, you know, having, you know, throwing it up, the get used to it call that that cost Notre Dame the Tulsa game in 2010, and it's, I mean, hey, it's where the kid learned, uh, you know, the guy learned how to, you know, you know, be a quarterback and and you know, to coach under. So that was my big frustration with him, and I think that's what made it like, it's it's funny because it's like it made it more frustrating than it should have been because it's like you see like god you, you like no i know you're smart enough to make all these play calls but like you do those things and it almost makes it like more frustrating than like having a coordinator that just has like you know a stale vanilla offense or whatever that like that like doesn't produce because you're like no like you have the potential to do this and you get in your own way 
So that was always my big gripe with uh, with Tom. We're going to call him Tom Reese now that he's not here anymore. Uh, at, uh, but uh, we'll see. Because I, I do think, and I, I, the very limited thoughts that I've been able to share on these, you know, since, uh, you know, since it all happened, was I think this is a big opportunity for Marcus Freeman. Like, huge opportunity. Because I do think, like, this was an arranged marriage in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think the spin last year was like, hey, they're on the same page, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know. Like, did you get the sense at all in the last year that, like, Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman were, like, buddies? Or did you get the sense that, like, they're two separate coaches? Like, focused on their task? Um, I mean, I didn't get the sense that they were buddies. But, right. I, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to answer that. Cause no, I, I, I know I, I, things. Like, so, yeah. it, it, it's, it's kind of hard. I What I will say is it didn't. Like outwardly, it didn't seem like there was any sort of friction to their credit, right? And, and look, I, I, here's the here's the thing with that too. Just baseline, right? Reese wanted Reese to, to some extent interviewed for the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Okay, he wanted the job, right? Okay, so to the extent that he wanted it and that he he felt like, hey, like I can do this job, I can. And in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for Notre Dame, it was like, nah, like you're 30, like not ready yet, right? But like we really want you to run the offense, right? Like we that's we really want you back to do that. But for him, it's like once you interview and you don't get it, it's it's kind of like the clock is ticking, man. Like oh yeah. You, you, it's it's because just for anyone, right? Like that's yeah. difficult to deal with. And I, I, it's not like, you know, Tommy doesn't, it's not that he doesn't like Marcus Freeman or right. whatever. I mean, look, there's going to be some sort of something, right? I don't, right. I don't think it's either. It's like, I don't think Marcus Freeman like dislikes Tommy Reese or Tommy no, Reese dislikes Marcus I don't think it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, that, you know, they both want the same job. Yeah. They both are at Notre Dame and they both want to have the same job and only one of them can have it. And yeah. that in itself is going to cause some something. Yeah. Whatever like, it is. I, I don't think there was friction. Or, I mean, at least they didn't show friction. I just mean, like, you just didn't get the set. Like, you, you again, you look back at it and you're like, I don't know. You, did you see, a, like, a really, like, a, a picture of, like, Reese and, and, and Freeman together other than, like, maybe at, like, a recruit's home where they, like, both had to go in and, and do the visit? Like, no, you just didn't see them like together. I mean, you know, Reese is in the booth and things like that, and, and Freeman's on the field. But like, anyway, the, the only reason to bring it up is because it's like this, you know, Freeman. I don't want to say like Reese was forced on him, but it was. I mean, Reese was retained before they hired Freeman, and I know all the reports were like, well, you know, everybody was kind of like on the same page with this, but like at the same time, it's like you know, if you're Freeman, you probably knew. Yeah, I can't. Let me say no. You know, <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna be like, no, I don't want him as my OC. I want somebody else. So like, you know, like this just comes with it, and you also know, like, and I am, you know, I've been here a year. I'm getting the head coaching job. This is great. So I think this is a huge opportunity for him to actually get in 
somebody who you know, maybe they you know is more you know, lack of a better word aligned with you know again somebody who didn't interview for the job somebody who didn't you know who who didn't you know have his eyes on the uh you know on the head coaching job so i think there is i, I think it's it's a huge opportunity it's also a huge risk for him like this is yeah i mean whew, your your second year yeah, as a, going into your your second year, it is it is a big time, you know, hire for him. It, it it's probably like, I mean, it has the potential, and I'm there's my reference of uh, my least favorite former coordinator at Notre Dame, but it's got it's it's got the kind of the potential to be that like Brian Van Goiter. I don't want to say it'll be a Brian Brian Van Goyter hire, but it was like that hire for Brian Kelly was almost make or break in his tenure at Notre Dame, where he had a defensive coordinator that was really good. That's not his side of the ball that he knew. He went out and he hired a horrific coordinator and it nearly broke him. It nearly cost him, you know, his, uh, you know, his job, you know, at, at Notre Dame. Again, credit to him. He was able to pivot from it and you know, kind of salvage everything. But Freeman, without you know Brian Kelly's kind of you know history and, and background, might not have that same level of uh, of leniency. Where like if he gets a bad offensive coordinator, it's going to be rough. It's going to be really hard for him to recover. So it's a huge risk reward type scenario for him right now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, you can't, I mean, can't, you really can't miss. Mm. <laughs> he, he may, he's not going to get a, a, he probably won't get a chance to hire a third one if it, if, if it comes to that. Right. right? It's because especially yeah, with like all of the, everything aligning right now on offense, it's like you, you got to hire somebody who's going to come in here and put up at least 35 points a game. Like that is like probably even like, I you you probably know these numbers off the top of your head. I should have looked them up ahead of time. But what was this year's points per game? Uh, it was thirty-two, I believe. All right, so thirty-two with like, uh, you know, not the best of quarterback positions. Now you're gonna have not the best of wide receiver positions either. You know, given given the depth, it was, 30, was thirty-one point eight. All right, so you look. I mean, thirty-five has got to be like. You know, like table stakes with with the offensive line, with the running backs, with the receivers, with with Sam Hartman as your quarterback. So you got to you got to nail this. Like this can't be like, hey, I'm going to hire somebody who's going to learn on the go. Like, no, you got to You got to get somebody in here who is uh, who is going to put up some points and not take six games, which that's another actually. So, again, you know, we're airing grievances now at this point with Tommy Reese, but. Aside from, you know, the not necessarily, you know, kind of calling the best plays for his personnel and understanding their limitations at the time. I think the other thing that gets overlooked is that the last two years, Tommy Reese massively miscalculated his, his personnel and what they were capable of, right? Like 2021, it was pretty clear Tommy Reese wanted to have a deep throwing offense, uh, you know, a, a vertical passing game, uh, and tried like hell for the first couple weeks to do it. 
and it didn't work. The offensive line, you know, was a mess early on in 2021. All the deep balls that they called, none of them really hit other than like, you know, that one contested catch to Joe Wilkins in the Florida State game. And it's like he had a pivot. And he's really good at pivoting, which I think we've talked about on other pods where it's like he's really good at that. Like midseason, just being like, well, this is what I wanted to do. This is what you guys are good at. I can, you know, I can pivot. But it's like then it kind of happened again this year where it's like you just didn't quite know your personnel. Um, And the offensive line was, you know, struggled again a lot at the beginning of this year. And there's something to be said about somebody who can, again, you know, change course. You know, midseason, but it's also not the best if you come out of spring ball and you come out of fall camp and you misjudge, you know, what you what your players strengths and weaknesses are. So also, I would say another area for Freeman to potentially, uh, you know, kind of improve here with with whoever he hires. That was another one I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, just more of a. Like a, I mean, I guess, I guess it's just like a knowledge, right, of who you, who you're, who you're dealing with. Yeah. What well, kind of goes back I, to what I you're mean, saying about the point. personnel? It's like, yeah. it's like this is what I want to do, but it's like you don't have the personnel to do it. So like you got to, and it's like he's like fine, you know, like I know what they can do, so we'll do it. Now it's like, well, do just do that in the first place. So like if he did that in 2021. Yeah, maybe you beat Cincinnati. Uh, and you're in the playoffs. Although then maybe we still have Brian Kelly. So, okay, maybe not that bad. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, you know, I'm just thinking about it right now. Like, that Cincinnati team would have been really hard. The way that they ended up winning games, like, later in the year, would have been hard to really beat that team. Because, mm-hmm. in I guess, in hindsight, Sauce Gardner is, like, a freaking generational talent. That is true. <laughs> like the guy made all pro as a, as a rookie. It's he's really good. He's really good. He no one really got good. over on him. He's he's uh, he's something else. He's pretty good. He's so, pretty, but I mean, point taken, pretty, right? Like it's, pretty it's, good. It's good point. So, all right. So we talked a lot about Reese. He's gone. We're not gonna not gonna not gonna not gonna, not gonna focus on the past here. Now that we've we've spoken here for a little while, let's move forward a little bit and look forward. You know, there's been some names that have been brought up, you know, so far. I, I mean, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job, though, of keeping things. Notre Dame, that is, is doing a pretty good job of keeping things somewhat under wraps with who they're talking to, um, at least officially. I know, you know, Brian or uh, Byron Leftwich, you know, kind of <laughs> seems like he and his camp kind of put it out there that like, hey, we're talking to Notre Dame. It doesn't seem like, I don't know, at least, again, maybe reading through tea leaves, it doesn't necessarily seem like that might be the most serious of of candidates. And, you know, kind of looking back, maybe that was Leftwich's camp of being like, we need to draw some interest up for our guy because Dan Orlowski kind of, you know, torched him on first take or whatever that ESPN show was where he was like, you know, the Bucks offense was stale. It was archaic and blah, 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 blah. It was pretty scathing. Um, you know, Orlovsky's, uh, you know, critique of the Bucks offense under under Leftwich. But it was like his name came up. Uh, Brian Johnson, quarterback coach for the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, 
who are playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday, in case anybody listening forgot. Um, his name came up, but I guess he was asked today, you know, and it was like, I'm not going to Notre Dame, um, which is pretty strong words, right? If you were think, if he was like considering it, you know, he'd probably say like, you know, I'm focused on this week. I, you know, we'll figure out what's going on. But that, like word for word, almost said like, I'm not going to Notre Dame. So it doesn't seem like that's a, it, that's an option, which kind of makes sense. Um, because for those who don't follow the NFL that much, the Eagles offensive coordinator is actually up for, so Stain, uh, Shane Steichen, or as uh, Rob Gronkowski called him, Shane Spikeman, um, <laughs> before the, I think that was before the NFC Championship game. I can't remember if it was that. It might have been before the divisional game. And I still don't know if it was a joke or not from Gronk because you don't you don't quite know. But anyway, he's up for a couple head coaching jobs. So like the kind of the thought process there is if he leaves the Eagles, uh, Johnson will get elevated to uh, to offensive coordinator. But I mean, are there other names that have been like kind of really talked about that you have seen that you can comment on as well? Um because it doesn't seem like there's a lot right now. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of names. It's like, these are all names. I know there was the uh, the Football Scoop article from uh, from John Bryce yesterday, which is not premium content that had a lot of a lot yeah. of names in it. But it was still kind of a lot of conjecture. It wasn't necessarily like, hey, these guys are are interviewing. Yeah, uh, it's not even interviewing. It's like names that are like yeah. talked about, like they're being bandied about which is interesting. I mean, Notre Dame is being very, they're being very tight lipped about this. Right. Which and I like, I like it too. I like it too. Um, you know, last time Notre Dame was really tight lipped about something that we were all freaking out about. It's quarterback well, it recruiting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That eventually got out a little bit, but, yeah, the, but, the, like, but the thing is, is that it comes, here's the, here's the thing with that is that got out from the other side mm. it came out on the wake forest side yeah. right and and i think oh, i wasn't even reason, thinking that too i was thinking like minchi when 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 everyone was freaking out about quarterback oh yeah the thing. right that came that, out like yeah. it was like it you know they were that was that was going on for a while and it was like his name wasn't connected to notre dame at all and all of a sudden it was like kenny minchi might commit to notre dame soon it was like what the hell and then it was like two days later or whatever three days later like yeah, I'm visiting. Yeah, I'm now committed. And it was like 2023 recruiting or quarterback recruiting looked like it was in the, you know, the shitter. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, I got this really good guy. So I, I feel like when Notre Dame wants things to be under wraps, like it's it's a good thing. Yeah, because you have to think about like just like, OK, the the 2023 quarterback recruiting, right? Like they were talking to Jackson Arnold like during the year. That mm -hmm. was the thing that was going on and they were trying to get him out for a visit. And then I can't remember how it got broken, but it got broken somehow that he was talking to Notre Dame and wanted to visit. Mm -hmm. And, and that affected the recruitment. It basically ended the recruitment because yep. then, it, you know, Oklahoma got wind of it. And then, so it was like, okay, like they were able to get on him and it all shut down from there. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Um, and so with Minchie, it was like everything was hush hush. No one talked about it. Um, same thing with Sam Hartman. Right. Like that was a thing where it was like 
the 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 quarterback transfer situation is kind of playing out a little bit like the like the OC one where it's like names were thrown out, but Notre Dame was looking at guys, talking to guys without kind of it being public. And then it came out on the Wake Forest side. Like, no. Yeah, the like, morning he, of their bowl game. Gonna, yeah, like he's going to go to Notre Dame. That and was, was, And it was like, what? But that got out not on Notre Dame, but from someone else, right? Like, I think the OC thing is going to – like honestly, it's gonna be like Pete Thamel one day is gonna be like Notre Dame is on the verge of hiring X guy, right? I can see and that. I, 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 that's how I think it's gonna go. Honestly, I don't think we're gonna know. I don't think we're gonna know who's interviewed. I don't think we're gonna know who's who's been talked to. I don't think we're gonna know finalists. I don't think we're gonna know any of that. Um, and that's fine, right? Like I think that's a good way to do it because these guys, a lot of these guys, have jobs. And yeah. they probably prefer that those jobs don't know that they're talking to another name because yeah. if they don't end up getting it, you know, you don't, we don't want that out there. Right. Awkward. So, right. So I think that's why they're doing it that way. And, and it's not even one of those situations where like, like sometimes the beat knows information mm-hmm. and just, they hold it. Yeah. So it doesn't get, you know, so that they don't leak it out or whatever, but they don't know, or they know not, they, they know the information. They just don't put it out there. Like, it's not even that. It's not even that. Like, like no one knows for sure. Um, so are you stressed at all about this hire? I'm no, I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm not, but sometimes I am because it is hard to like there have been names just like kind of that are out there right and i look at what they do and i'm just like i don't know man like sean lewis right the the oc for colorado and now he's the um he's the oc for colorado and he was the head coach for kent state prior to that right like i look at his stuff and i'm like uh i mean it's good stuff right but it's like at notre dame like Veer and shoot, really? Like are we can Notre Dame gonna do that? Yeah. I don't know. Like Ludwig, right? Ludwig from Utah. Good stuff. Like great running game. Um, you know, it, it puts up good numbers. Like he has good offenses, like by the numbers and all those things. Like he's never had he's never had an explosive passing game ever. He I mean he's been an OC for a long time. Never had an explosive passing game. Never like had that. Right. No, I don't like, want that. So, so you look at that and you think, man, that's that's like Tommy Reese, basically. Like that was that the problem with Tommy Reese, right? And but that's the problem with Tommy Reese in three years into his coaching career, right? So true. you feel like there's upside with Ludwig, elite quarterbacks, right? With, with with Ludwig, it's like, man, not one time did you yeah. stumble upon like a really good quarterback. So, um, so that's you know a concern. Right. Like I yeah. saw, so I look at that. I'm like, I don't know. You know, that makes me kind of like Joe Moorhead, right? Like really good at Penn state, but like, I don't know. He was kind of wishy-washy at Oregon. Didn't work out for yeah. him at Mississippi state. Penn state yeah, was great. But Saquon, Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Right. So it's just like, you know, so it's like that. And then the NFL guys, it's like, well, 
Do they want to stay, right? Are you going to be think. at Notre Dame for a year and you yeah. want to do that? Do you want to deal with recruiting? Like, why would you want no. to? So Unless you're like names, a wide receiver coach or something like that in the NFL, you're not coming to Notre Dame to be an offensive coordinator. Right. So all the names are just kind of, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know about that. But then I kind of know like Notre Dame is, if the name is out there, it's almost like if I if we hear the name, then it's a name that, has been mentioned, but is maybe eliminated. Right. And so, like Brian Johnson. Like Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Like like Byron Leftwich, right? Like Byron Leftwich leaked that he talked to Notre Dame. Notre yeah, Dame I think that was like that. And was, so that's, I, I think that was his camp. So that's right there. Like, okay, you're not going to get it. He's not going to no. get it if he's leaking about it. No, yeah. Notre Dame doesn't want that. No. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that definitely feels like, or that felt like right away, like that. Because I mean, the reports too were like that Leftwich reached out to Notre Dame, not vice versa. So that was a weird, that was a weird leak uh, or, or or a weird weird nugget. So I, I mean, the reason I'm not stressing about it, um, aside from the fact that I'm stressing overly about my pro team. Uh, it's a big game on Sunday is that I just look at it logically and I say, and I look at it, I go, well, Notre Dame was willing to pay Tommy Reese who had three years or whatever it was that less. What was it? No, two years, <laughs> two years, OC experience, 2 million plus or whatever it was that the reported amount of money that they were willing to pay him. So they were willing to pay him that much. Um, and if they're willing to pay him that, like, it, it seems like, you know, resources and, and money won't be an issue for, uh, you know, for whoever they want to bring in. And there was the Eric, or, um, the Eric Hansen tweet right after news broke that Alabama was going after Reese that was like, money's not going to be an option. They're going to match whatever Alabama gives. Um, so it's going to come down to whether or not he wants to leave. It's like, OK, so if money's not a, not, not going to be an option, then it's like. You look at, again, you just look at the personnel and it's like, if you are somebody who's you know aspiring to move up your career and you're an up and coming offensive coordinator or, or whatever, it's like, you're going to step into a hell of a good situation. And like, you just look at that logically and it's like, okay, you have Notre Dame's brand, you have an elite quarterback, you have a roster, you have elite quarterbacks coming in. Like, that's a pretty good scenario. Like, mm. what offensive coordinator is going to look at that that Notre Dame reaches out to and go like, "Nah, man, I'm good." Right? I mean, they're, they're, look, there's 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 a few places where you know they have all those things too, where they have brand recognition, they have talent on their roster, they have elite quarterbacks in their system already. But it's like, there's not a ton of those. So I look at that and I just go like, you know what? It's going to work itself out. Um, and I think, you know, Freeman rebounding the way that he did, I think also will, you know, give some offense coordinators, you know, if, if Freeman was like, I don't know, six and seven this year or something, you know, like something not great. Like, I think maybe then, you know, maybe that's a reason for concern where you'd be like, eh, some offensive coordinators might not want to come into that, but like, you know, nine and four winning the bowl game and then kind of the upward trajectory that they ended the season with. Like, I just don't it, – it, it's a pretty good-looking, you know, open position. Like, 
outside of being like a head coaching job, you know, that, you know, maybe like a mid-tier, mid-tier school, like offensive coordinator at Notre Dame is a pretty freaking high profile job. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I look at it all from that perspective. Maybe it's a little bit, you know, again, looking at it, uh, you know, with some green or gold tinted glasses, but I just can't imagine Notre Dame not being able to find somebody like if a week from now we're talking about like, yeah, Notre Dame took a chance on so-and-so who was wide receiver coach at this, you know, group of five school, but is up and coming. I'll be like, what the hell? Why? Why did they do that? That's not what they should have done. But I would be shocked if that's what, you know, what happens as well. Although, hey. I wasn't thinking it at the time, but, you know, sometimes a wide receiver coach, uh, you know, can, uh, although he was wide receiver coach at Notre Dame, uh, can, can turn out to be a good head coach at, uh, at a smaller school. But uh, thinking about Mr. Urban Meyer, but uh, yeah, that's why I just don't look, I don't know. I think it's going to work itself out. Yeah, I, they'll land a good coach. It's I just, I mean, we're, we're gonna, it's gonna be like if we don't like it, it's in the weeds for yeah. some reason. I mean, also, you think about it, it's like you're, you're gonna go work for a defensive minded head coach where you know, like, oh, I I got carte blanche, man, yeah. to do what I want versus like going to a school where, like, I don't know, you go to like take LSU for instance, it's like, you know, I mean, he got, uh, you know. Uh, whatever Denbrock is his offensive coordinator, but it's like you know Denbrock knows Kelly pretty well. It's like well, you know, Kelly's going to be involved in the offense, right? Like whoever steps in here is going to be like Freeman doesn't know offense. Like he's going to you know be the head coach, but it's not like you know he's going to be in there, you know, uh, you know drawing up plays and uh, you know and, and in my ear like uh, you know like an offensive minded head coach would be. So I think that's another reason uh, you know to be optimistic that it's going to. We're going to figure that Notre Dame's going to figure this out and it's going to end up being pretty good. Like, yep. I look at it too is like, I don't think, I think there's a greater, a, mu- a much greater than zero chance that Notre Dame ends up potentially with a better offensive coordinator. I wouldn't say it's like greater than 50%, but it's definitely greater than zero. You know what it is? It's that like, <laughs> it's kind of like the, uh, when Harry Heastan took over for Jeff Quinn, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, Notre Dame's going to have an improved offensive line. It's like, well, they should, considering, like, Patterson's back yeah. and Alt is back and Blake exactly. Fisher's healthy. Like, like Notre Dame should have a good offense next year because their personnel is going to be better. Right? So much better. So, you know, I, I whoever the coach is, I, the expectation is at least top 20. Yeah. You know, it, uh, at least top 20. And with the upside of like top ten. So. True. How much did you like, by the way, Sam Hartman tweeting out uh, the picture? Uh, you know, the workout picture with the shirt that said "Choose Hard." Like hours after Tommy yeah, Reese left, it was good. He scored some points. You know, whoever's. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, he's probably got people, you know, helping him who know what they're doing. But whoever did that, that was smart. Uh, because that that earned some points with the Notre Dame fan base. because uh, I know there was some like fans like, ah, we're gonna lose Hartman. It's all gonna. It's like you know, it's not all gonna go away. Um, so we'll see how it how it ultimately ultimately works out. But I am I am optimistic about it. 
So we're almost at an hour here, Greg. Um, I, because we're out of, I'm out of practice um, on this because it's been like a month, I think, since we chatted. I forgot to put the questions out, the, the tweet out to ask questions. But luckily, we have a few faithful followers who, I, you know, saw my tweet right before we started recording and actually sent some questions. So let's 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 answer some questions, and then we we can we can put a bow on this one. Um, we're gonna ask my favorite question that we got asked. Um, it was within minutes of me posting it, so we're gonna ask it first. It's from our good friend, uh, you know, Mooney at GA Moons. Will Notre Dame hire an offensive coordinator this offseason? He hit us with the hard hitting questions first. I, I think so. they are. I think I they will. Happen. I think I. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to be one of these accounts that's been getting blasted the last couple of days in the Notre Dame Twitter sphere. Twitter sphere uh, when Twitter's working, of uh, you know, of uh, of making bold claims. But I think they're going to hire an offensive coordinator. I think it'll. I think it'll happen. So we appreciate that. Uh, you know that question. And as uh, you and I have been saying. Uh, Moons, if you are listening on most of our interactions on Twitter for the last week, go birds. So, because technically he's a Falcons fan, so when we say go birds, it's like you know, it's it, it's it's applicable to both teams. Um, next question. This is from John Fitter at John Fitter. What type of offensive coordinator would work best with Harry Heastand? Interesting question. Um, I mean, that would definitely be Ludwig. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ludwig, uh, well, which type, I mean, I, I think it's like, is there a type of, well, maybe it's like what type of coordinator? I mean, obviously like an air raid maybe would not work with Harry. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's like a pro style, like pro style one. Right. So Ludwig would yeah. the uh, the Lindgren, the, the Ryan Lindgren, the, uh, yeah. the OC at, uh, Oregon state would, I'm just trying to think of names. I mean, like Joe Moorhead might be okay, but those two are like the most like pro style, get under center, you know, run duo, run power, you know, run um, zone read and that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, those are the ones that would just like they're like Notre Dame probably wouldn't have to change much of their blocking schemes at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think is good. I mean, I yeah, Harry's been coaching a while. I mean, I think getting him to change blocking schemes at this point. It's not probably going to go well. So, yeah. Um, uh, not that you want, you know, your your OC hire to be dictated based on your your O line coach, but I mean, in terms of next year and you know the least friction, I think that's something you want to uh, you, something you want to consider. Um, all right. Next, we have Austin Bradley, uh, who is asking us just two questions, <laughs> and I think the fir- first one's funny. I think I know what it's referring, but uh, referring to but how few points per game is a fireable offense for an offensive coordinator i believe this is in reference to iowa and putting in what was it a 25 point per game floor for ferentz and he gets fired otherwise yeah no 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 um, he doesn't get fired there, there's incentives Oh, but I thought I was, I thought I read that incentives. I thought I read that like, it was like not only incentives, it was like, if he was below that threshold, like was probably gone. But, um, all right. What would you say though? Let's, let's make it specific to Notre Dame. Knowing Notre Dame's talent that they're going to have next year. What, what would be like a fireable 
point, you know, points per game for this offense. Fireable? Yeah. Like, you're just like, that was unacceptable. There's no way that we can bring you back. After one year? Yes. Oof. Um, I mean, anything less than 30. I was going to say yeah, 30. I mean, I think you could almost say less, anything less than what Notre Dame averaged this year. But yeah, also, I mean, you might I mean, not do it after a true. year. I mean, that's probably right. I mean, I but don't it's like, know. It, you it's maybe hard don't to do put it after a year. On it, but it's yeah. hard to put a number on it, but because, yeah. I mean, assuming health and all that stuff, right? Like, I don't assuming. know. But it, even still, like, Notre Dame, Notre Dame did 31.8, as you told us earlier, without health. I don't, I, I, I don't, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. Like, it, it Marcus Freeman needing to fire a guy he just hired, that would be, I mean, that would be bad. That would be really would be. bad. I mean, it would be like, well, I'm not firing. I mean, it almost be like I'm not firing the OC. Like that, like Marcus Freeman's job would be in trouble. That's right. I mean, that would be that would be really bad. So then it have to be real low. So 25 points. We're gonna say 25 points. Sure. Is points per game a stat we should use to evaluate offensive coaches, or should we focus more on creative play designs, even if the plays don't end up working? Okay, so that. I didn't see this question prior to us chatting, but I think we talked about this. No, like creative play design, even if it doesn't work, if you're calling plays for players that can't execute it is not that, that is like, that is being a bad offensive coordinator. Well, it's, it's the points are the points are what matters, right? Like it's, it's, I I, I get the question because it's like, I, I mean, it's like the Reese thing, right? Like, I see what they're trying to do. It's like good stuff. It's not like I, I don't see the vision of it or right. anything like that. Like, it's good, but you got to score, man. Like, you got yeah. you got to put the ball in the end zone. Like, I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing. That's the name of the game, right? I mean, it's like you know, what do you what would you say you do here? Kind of thing. Exactly. Like you you got to score points. So, yeah. no, the ability to score is everything. Because look. You know, like the whole thing, right? Like, like Tim Brown, he went on his rant. Oh, we which talk about that more. I, I was saying, I, I was saying, like, I, I, I see, I, I don't think he was right. I don't, okay. I don't think he was right. Okay. He, he was right. He was right for the the end game. Like the bottom mm-hmm. line was right, but all the reasons why were wrong, okay. in my opinion. It's like it's not that it was predictable. Like it, predictability is not. A because first of all, what do you mean by that? Yeah, like what like it was predictable that you knew they would run because, like, I mean, spoken like someone who's never played defense. Because it's like, look, if you know a team is going to run the ball, that doesn't matter. Like, look, what why why was Lou Holtz why was Lou Holtz so good in the 80s, 90s? Why were they so good at running the ball? True, because there's a lot of running plays, you know, they're running, but which one are they running? Which one is it? Because the way we call the defense matters, right? That's why they were able to push around Clemson the way they did, because they were able to create mismatches through through motion and and uh, and uneven lines and that sort of thing, right? And so they were able to get leverage and they were able to push them around, right? Yep. Like predictable, like yeah, we're running, but the way we're running and how we're running is not predictable, and that's not. So like, is that what you mean? Do you mean that, or like, did you say like, oh, I know exactly what the play is going to be, yeah, right? And so, All like, right. when, whenever people do the thing where it's like, 
it was too predictable or you played hero ball. Like you're using things that can't be quantified because then that can't be proven wrong. True. And so like, that's why I always like when I'm in a conversation, it's like, look, these are the numbers. You can't tell me the numbers are wrong because they're the numbers, but it's like, if someone says, oh, they were too predictable. Well, what does that mean? Mm. Right. Mm. You can't quantify it. So therefore you can't argue against it. Right. Mm. Like the, to me, it's all kind of fluff and that's fine. Like if he, if he didn't like Tommy Reese for a reason, it's fine. And I think the bottom line is true. Like it's a good thing for Tommy Reese. It's a good thing for Notre Dame. Right. Mm. But I just thought the way he got there was kind of not. I correct. got you. I will say you did. It was pretty predictable that on second and long Notre Dame would run the ball. Under Tommy Reese. I tweeted about that many times. But um, he loved it, man. Second and 10, run that ball. Run that ball right up the gut for two yards. Uh, it was a staple of the staple of the, uh, you know, of the, of the Tommy Reese, uh, Tommy Reese offense. But um, no, I, I mean, I think I made my points or my feelings clear on that in general. Just like, no, like I, I can care less. Like how my team is. Yeah, we're going to tie it back to what I said in the beginning. Like, when you asked me, like, would I care if, you know, however, let's say, in, you know, in a scenario where the Eagles win the Super Bowl, would I care how it happens? No, as long as they win by a point, that's all I care about. Same thing I would say applies with, like, say, like a Notre Dame game in terms of, like, you know, how the offense looks, right? You, I don't care if you run 70 times and pass twice if you're going to put up 50 points. Like, I care less. I care, or reverse that. I can care less if you throw 60 times and run twice if it works. And I think that's what being a good offensive coordinator and just being a good coach is. It's like, I, I don't care if what you cook up theoretically should work. If it doesn't work, because you don't have the players to execute it. Um, and I think that's, again, I go back to when I want, what I, what I want Notre Dame to get in an offensive coordinator is someone who's going to be able to look at this roster and say, like, okay, this is what I have to work with. This is going to work. I'm going to build an offense around their strengths. I'm not going to go in week one, week two, week three, and say, this is the offense that I want to run. And then in week four, I go, ah, shit, I can't run the offense that I want. So I guess I'll just do what's good, you know, what what, what they can do. I, that's not what I want. I want someone who's going to come in and uh, and do that from uh, do that from the jump. So that is my take on that one. I just liked Tim Brown, by the way, just being passionate about about it all. Yeah, that's like, fine. I, I like to see the former players be passionate, uh, be passionate about it. So we got two more questions. One is from our good friend Oscar at Vamos Irish. All right, his first question, he says, is it correct to cheer for the Eagles and say the only team with a Notre Dame player? And how much does Notre Dame play into your NFL fandom? Oscar, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one before Greg can even answer. And I'm gonna just say the reason to cheer for the Philadelphia Eagles is because they are the best team. Um, but uh, and they are my team. So that is why to cheer. If you don't have if you don't have a dog in this fight and you listen to this podcast, you should be cheering for the Philadelphia Eagles because it's going to make me pretty damn happy if, uh, you know, if they win. But yes, if you if that is not why uh, or not how you're going to choose your team, definitely choose it based on how many Notre Dame players are on the team. And, you know, Ian Book winning his quarterback in Notre Dame history could very well have a Super Bowl ring 
by, uh, well, I guess he won't get the ring on Sunday. But he can get a Super Bowl championship, uh, you know, on his, uh, you know, under, under his belt by Sunday night. Um, so that would be pretty awesome. That said, I how mean, much is, oh, good. Go ahead. No, go no ahead. I, was, I was getting to the second part, but go ahead. You get an answer. Oh, well, I was going to say, and the Ian Book one is good, right? Ian yeah. can get a Super Bowl ring. Exactly. Kansas City Chiefs don't have anybody. Uh, they don't have anyone. So if you're looking for a reason, you're a Notre Dame fan, that is a good one. That said, how much does Notre Dame play into your NFL fandom? I mean, you know, I I will cheer for Notre Dame players, uh, you know, once they reach the NFL, for the most part, until they come and attack my Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) And Julian Love has made some comments recently about the Eagles head coach that I vehemently disagree with. And I would just say, if I was a player on a team that lost 38 to 7, I probably wouldn't, you know, make fun of the team's head coach that beat my team 38-7 is all I would say to that. Um, I thought, you know, Notre Dame players were a little smarter than that. But uh, not only did Julian Love say it, then he doubled down later. And I was like, well, that was just not like take, uh, you know, take your L and just go on. So. This is a dumb thing to say. It is. It's like, what? Like, what? Why? What? Why are you saying that? Like, obviously, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like, it it literally, the man literally said the players could coach themselves. And I'm like, that is like the, that you know, like, if the players could coach themselves, like, seven, eight coaches a year wouldn't get fired or however many coaches get fired. Now, a lot of coaches get fired for being bad every year in the NFL, and teams pay insane amounts of money for buyouts for bad coaches. So um, that's the only time I will say that uh, I let my Eagle green oh, out, uh, outshine my Notre Dame green uh, when, when it comes to uh, Notre Dame players in the NFL. Um, also, go Birds. I have to squeeze one another one in there. Um, next question from Oscar is, how grateful are you for the content due to needing an OC? This is probably more suited for you, Greg, because you've definitely been pumping out like an insane amount of more content than me and just in general these days uh, as I've been busy. But uh, I'm going to assume it's been pretty, uh, you know, pretty good for you all in terms of at least drawing up some interest. You know, it's like... It's kind of why we do the job yeah. is to talk about things like this, right? True. So in that sense, like, that's good. I mean, I did tell Jamie, like, this is this saves us, like, two weeks, you know, or, or longer of, mm-hmm. um, of, like, things to talk about, right? Like, yeah. tomorrow or, I guess, today, uh, we're going to be – we have a show um, mm-hmm. talking about the OC, right? Mm-hmm. Like it gives you something to, to, to talk about that like gets us going. Like it gets our juices going. Like sometimes in the off season, it's like, okay, like we're going to have an hour long show about like, uh, what know, if Jimmy what, Clausen and golden Tate came back in 2010? Yeah. Like what, or like what, what, how can the tight ends improve? And it's like, I don't know. Like we, I want to see them practice and stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. it's like it's not you're just kind of doing it right and look i like it, it I, it's not that i don't like it i do but it's just that this stuff is it gets the juices flowing right and it that's does. why look it it you know that's why viewership goes up and engagement goes up and all those things and that's why mm-hmm. you do it right that's why we we do this stuff 
That is true. Um, let's why I used to do it more than I do now. Um, again, more so free time is, is just not, not high these days, man. Um, life is busy. This baby thing, you know, he takes, he takes up a lot of time. Uh, and so does, so does work and all, on all of the other things, uh, which is why there haven't, hasn't been a ton of content going up on the, uh, you know, on the site these days, but, uh, if I were, if this were 10 years ago, I'd be loving it because I would be freaking writing articles about every rumor that came out because I would have had the time. Just don't right now. Um, and they probably would have all done numbers, which is uh, which is fun to think about. But last question from Oscar. So he says, we're doing Chicago and New York dogs for the Super Bowl. What's your choice and what's the best dog? I got to say, like, first, I mean, if it was, you know, I would say you should probably do like a Philly cheesesteak in general for this Super Bowl instead of, uh, you know, Chicago or a New York dog. Again, I know Mooney, our buddy, our buddy Moons is doing an adaptation of, I'm going to call it a cheesesteak because what he's making, I don't think I can necessarily call a Philly cheesesteak, but what he's making is a cheesesteak. It sounds, it it does sound very good. Um, It's a little fancy for me to slap the Philly moniker on it because Philly is a little bit more simple, a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe greasy and, uh, and whatnot, but, uh, you know, hot dogs, it's an interesting choice for the Super Bowl. Um, a Chicago or a new, I mean, I would say probably a Chicago cause like, I don't know. I mean, I lived in New York for a long time. I didn't really have a lot of New York hot dogs. So, there's there's two ways that I know of a New York hot dog, right? Hmm. It's the it's with the sauerkraut and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, or like the on, or like grilled onions and thing. Like if yeah. it's grilled onions and brown mustard, yeah, I would rather have that. Okay. Then I would rather have like like Chicago style. It's too much stuff. Okay. It's too much stuff. I don't like too much stuff. Okay. You know, but if it's like if you're doing sauerkraut, like if it has to have sauerkraut, then no, that's a no thank you. I don't want it. Yeah, I'm not a like sauerkraut. It. It's a yucca mucca. Okay, I don't want not that. A big, I'm like the one of the only people in my family that doesn't like the sauerkraut. Um, yeah. Like just not. Uh, but uh, Oscar, I will tell you what, because I know you're in PA. I know it's not necessarily uh, you know the Allentown area, you know where I grew up, but there is a you know, my favorite hot dog, my, the best dog that I've ever had, or maybe maybe it's because it's where I grew up, but there is a, a chain, a local chain in the Allentown, Pennsylvania area, the Lehigh Valley area called Yakos. It has incredible hot dogs. And the base Yakos hot dog is just a, a chili sauce. And this is where if our friend Andy Tex is, uh, you know, is listening, it is just meat. It's a meat sauce, chili, not no, no beans. Uh, but it's mustard, chili, and onion, and phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, to your point, there's not a lot of stuff on it, but it is just like the mustard, chili, and onion like, combo is just oof. And their hot dogs are phenomenal. So, Oscar, if you, I know, uh, like I said, if I know you're in 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 Pennsylvania, but if you ever find yourself in the far eastern side of the state. And uh, I would look up a Yakos. It's well worth it. 
any although out west wait no wait, i was gonna say what's the what's the big one in la uh pinks correct uh yeah but i don't yeah. i don't know that i've ever been there no i mean, I mean I've for, been for me i i only think about like the the bacon wrap because those are the ones Ooh, outside on the carts wrap, and everything like so if like you go to a laker game or a dodger game or something or you got bacon event, wrap dog there that's great that's oh yeah yeah especially a laker game i don't know dodger game is kind of weird because there's the the property and everything but you get outside of the laker game and they the property isn't necessarily owned by the the people who um, uh, like once you cross the street it's no longer a part of, i guess crypto but like the person who owns the land like it's no mm-hmm. longer there so you can get a permit to sell over there and okay. so so those are, they're always on the cart and they always have the bacon wrapped i mean they're going i mean it's Ooh. they have so many ready to go and they do love a bacon wrapped dog yeah, and so you leave clubs and and there. So like that's what I always think of when I think of LA. It's just like those. Okay. Um, I mean, those are, man. You better like now. I don't even know if I could do it now. Like when I was in my twenties, I was yeah. like, yeah, man, just let me get a couple of these and I'll crush oh, yeah. it and whatever, and I won't, I won't feel like dying the next day. You might but know, like you know. now, it's like a little bit like, man, I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep. Oof. There is a place, speaking of bacon wrap dogs, now we're talking about these in New York dogs. So there is a place um, in the East Village uh, of New York City that I used to, I don't want to say frequent because I didn't go there very often. But when I lived in that part of New York City years and years ago, um, there was a place called Criff Dogs that had a bacon wrap dog that they called their good morning dog. Which not only was it, it was a bacon wrapped hot dog, and then it had a fried egg and cheese on it. It wow. was, it, I mean, like three, three thirty, four o'clock, you know, after you, cause the bars closed at four o'clock in New York. After, after a night, it was, whoo. That was, uh, that was, that, that, that helped, uh, prevent, you know, a few hangovers back in those days ah but that was those were phenomenal but again so anybody listening Criff dogs i don't know if it's still in business because i mean i haven't lived there in a very long time uh so it's probably been 10 years at least at least since i've uh you know since i've been there but uh that place was amazing so you you can always count on oscar for the good food questions so what are you going to do, Super Bowl? What are you guys spread-wise? What are you going to – do you have anything planned or – I don't know. We're going to be uh, – we're going to be with my parents, and I, have, I haven't talked to them I specifically got about what we're doing yet. So. Wow. Cheesesteaks, pretzels, about. two very Philly things I would highly recommend. That's uh, so what we did for NFC – well, for NFC Championship game, a buddy of mine came up and uh, from Philly, and we got a giant soft pretzel tray. Uh, it was amazing. Uh because I also made the world famous queso that I've mentioned on the pod before. And after a few beers, I was dipping the soft pretzels into the queso. It was, uh, mm, it was quite the scene. It was great. So, um, highly recommend 10 out of 10 recommend, but, uh, I got one more question here and then we can wrap this up. This is from another friend of the pod, Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77. This is a pretty good one here. It says, imagine if Reese had left with Brian Kelly last year to LSU. Who do you think Freeman would have hired as offensive coordinator at the time? I got a name in mind. I'm wondering if it's going to be the same as who you think of immediately. 
Um, he probably would have hired Heartline. Yep. Um, but it's kind of a non-starter because if, I mean, and Jack Swarbrick said this, if, if, uh, if Tommy Reese wasn't back, then they wouldn't have hired Marcus Freeman. So. Likely. Very likely. Unless Freeman would have, who knows? Maybe Freeman goes like, hey, Brian Hartline's coming with me if you hire me. You never know. But that's who I think he probably would. Or let's say, or, I mean, you could say, what if he didn't go to LSU, but then he took the Miami job in late January? Hartline's probably his first call. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yes. So, yeah. Fun hypothetical to yeah. think of. Um, but, because uh, I mean, Although Hartline's never called games uh, and never been an offensive coordinator. So now in retrospect, you'd be like, well, we'd probably rather have Brian Hartline right now. But it's like, well, we don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see what he can do from a game calling perspective. So that was it, man. That was the last question. We still managed to cover over an hour and 20 minutes. It's pretty solid. I think the under hit for the amount of times I mentioned the Eagles, but I don't know. I wasn't counting. I think I set it at five and a half. Maybe, maybe the overhit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty psyched. I am pretty psyched for this. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to try to stay off of Twitter as much as I can on Sunday. I'm going to be honest because it could be, could be bad. It could be bad if we, if, uh, if, if, if my, if the boys in green don't, uh, you know, don't win. Cause I'm pretty sure I don't even remember if I was on, I don't, I mean, the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl was a blur. I just went to a bar like, a lot, a lot, a lot of pictures of Bud Light. Um, I don't think I was on Twitter much because I was so much an emotional just wreck watching that game. It's probably going to happen again this time. So, hey, we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. We're going to see how Notre Dame's OC coach, uh, you know, search goes. It seems like we're we're not – it doesn't seem like anything's imminent. It seems like we might uh, be waiting. You know what? Like I said, it, it, it could be – could be. Um, it's true. Pete Thamel. Uh, yeah. Pete Thamel at any time. We'll see. I don't know. Tomorrow's tomorrow's NBA trade deadline. Your boys already did some nice stuff tonight, uh, you know, with, with the trade deadline. But it seems like, I don't know, in terms of news days, I don't think it's going to break on NBA trade deadline. So that would give us Friday. I don't know. Friday news dump doesn't seem like when you would want, uh, you know, to announce your offensive coordinator. I no, don't I, I, don't th- I don't think they're that far along. No, and I don't think, I think even if you were, I don't think you want to announce it then. I don't think you want to announce it on Super Bowl weekend because who's going to talk about it? Notre Dame fans, maybe, but nobody else. So we shall see. I still am optimistic. I'm more optimistic about that than I am about the Eagles in the Super Bowl just because I am a very pessimistic Philadelphia fan. So, but I feel pretty good that Notre Dame's going to get an offensive coordinator that's going to uh, to move this offense forward. All right. Anything? Any parting shots there, sir? Uh, no, no. Time no. for bed. Time for bed. Yeah. Time for bed. Yeah. Tell me about it, man. It's it's after midnight here for myself, so I'm gonna crash because I have to be up early tomorrow. But all right. Well, thank you all for listening. I know it's been a little bit of a hiatus for you know for us but this was fun we will be we'll try to get back into more of a regular cadence hopefully we'll be talking about 
the next great Notre Dame offensive coordinator sometime soon. No new reviews to read, even though it's been a month since we last talked. So leave some reviews if you like this one. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll be back soon. Hopefully I'll be wearing a Eagle Super Bowl champions hoodie. Uh, you know, not that you guys can see it, but I'll at least know that I'm wearing it when we uh, hopefully, hopefully when we uh, when we next pod. So. With that, uh, you know, as always, go Irish. And this time I'm going to add, go birds. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye.